This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Steve. We are recording at the halftime of the Patriots game, um, so that that's an issue. But uh, we, I don't really want to talk about that much. But this week is one of the big reset weeks of the year. Uh, you know, it comes after like New Year's Eve and stuff like that. But the week after Thanksgiving. Holy smokes, this weekend, <laughs> did I ever treat my body horribly, and it's like, I need to go on every cleanse in the world, I need to get on the feed, get all my nutrition products, I need to figure out my life after this Thanksgiving weekend. Hold that thought for a second, because I want to get back to that. <laughs> yeah. And as always, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, you are not at the House of Sav, where are you at right now? No, I'm not. I am in Portland, Oregon, gentlemen. And Mike, you said you didn't want to talk about the Patriots, but I guess got to bring it up one more time here. I guess we're doing it, huh? I uh, guess we're doing it. Last episode, I think we all went on a whole rant about how we are an anti-flu shot podcast. And we, <laughs> we were thinking that it just makes you sick and it, it's awful. Well, right now I'm watching the Patriots play an absolute, you know, shit half of football and i all week i heard about how everybody had the flu and had illness i think only two guys are held out but it looks like the whole team has the flu right now out there they're all playing awful um so they should have got their flu shot i think i am a convert unless things turn around totally <laughs> the second half here i'm getting a flu shot you know tomorrow morning first thing first thing in the morning <laughs> yeah it's it's not pretty out there but anyways mike you brought up the uh, you brought up the topic of uh, not treating yourself very well over the past couple weeks and needing a nope. reset. Well, I I am coming off of a vacation week, right into Thanksgiving week, just completely destroyed myself. Completely did a un, undid a whole bunch of training that I had been building up to over the past couple months. So I decided this weekend, I decided I needed a reset, and for two days I've been doing a juice cleanse oh. and. It is the most miserable thing I have ever done in my entire life. I am so hungry. I am so cranky. And I'm sitting there watching this football game, and it is just – it is the most miserable thing in the world. I'm never doing this again. I don't know how anybody does this. It is it is pretty bad. Steve, can you please explain to me what a juice cleanse even – what, do you just drink a bunch of orange juice and you just starve yourself? Is that what it is? No, I ordered this, like, this juice cleanse offer online, and so they ship you, like – in, in these like cold packages, they ship you like a day's worth of, of juices. So they give you like six juices and you're supposed to drink them throughout the day as like meal replacement. And so I ordered two days. First day, powered through like a champ. I woke up this morning and I was starving, drank my first juice, and I've just been I've just been hungry the entire day. I'm about to crack and, and you know, pull up some leftover turkey and wolf some of that down if this Patriots game doesn't turn around soon. Well so it's a meal replacement, but like Chips and salsa during the game, is that like kosher? Is that good to go or is that is that against the rules? I think it kind of defeats the purpose. If you're going to do it, you got to do it or else it's, it does, it, it, you know, you kind of you kind of undo everything you're trying to do by drinking the juices. Mm. See, this yeah. is this is terrible timing on your uh, part. I, that's the, what I was thinking. There's... Why terrible timing? When is there a good time to do this? Because you got a you got a refrigerator full of old yes. Thanksgiving food. The, the the leftovers from Thanksgiving is one of the best parts of Thanksgiving or any like big holiday leftovers of Christmas a few days after when you're just feasting on all that leftovers and all that like Thanksgiving sandwiches with that cranberry sauce side that you get to put with all that, that turkey and mashed potato. <laughs> uh, that is I, – you should have saved it. I would go maybe a week from now. Right is when you're like you know a week later into that full holiday season of doing nothing and eating and drinking like crap. Um, yeah, poor timing. That's fair. That's fair. But, you know – in my defense, I gave myself a day on Friday to just let loose and eat as much leftovers as I possibly have. So, like, I, I think I kind of OD'd on leftovers on Friday anyways. But, Trent, 
I trust me. I needed I needed to do this reset, this cleanse as soon as possible after vacation. There was, there was no way to time yeah. bomb. So here's the biggest issue with the Thanksgiving, you know, reset, right? It's because Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. So now you have three days, all weekend days, no other holiday guarantees a long weekend, three weekend days where every single day you're just like, ah, whatever, it's Thanksgiving weekend, I, you know, we'll, we'll worry about it on Monday. Like, one more cookie, it's not going to make a big deal because I just, you know, unloaded on cookies and turkey and gravy the night before, so it's not a big deal. One more beer, it's not going to kill me, right? So you do that for three straight days where it's just like you're you're resting on you know what you already did on Thanksgiving so then by the time Sunday night rolls around where we're all out now it's like oh boy oh boy that's I just uh I put my body through a lot a lot of hell right there that's exactly why I chose this weekend because <laughs> you know the damage was done and I I knew I knew if I didn't do something it was going to continue rolling through the weekend something had to be done it it, it adds up real quick <laughs> it does it does oh boy but it was a fun Thanksgiving you know, had a lot of fun. Saw a lot of saw a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while. Ran two rows, rode uh, two races. I ran my alumni cross country meet. I ran a turkey trot. Um, so it was a it was a it was a just a all around great Thanksgiving. Did you guys run any races? Nope. No. I I did. I did. Means I uh I, Mike is the only slacker on this pod <laughs> right here. I got up and out there. Trend these days. There was uh I actually I I kind of won my road race but i didn't Wait, win. hold on what do you what mean you, you kind, kind of won of. so there was a there was like a clock controversy where they screwed up the timing and i really didn't win but when they first posted the results my name was first on it so i can tell people that i won um it was great i like didn't even stick around for the awards i kind of went back like later in the day to talk to them because i didn't want to like i saw it as like no nah, this this is not right uh, but <laughs> I, ignore ignore what I just said, Mike. Can you cut that out? I was yeah, the champion of uh, the Southboro uh, 5K on Turkey Trot. Well, yeah, Trent. I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any kind of winning when you weren't or the first one across the finish line. Hey, but. The, the the printed out thing in the in the gymnasium when I came in had my name first. That's all I gotta say. Fair enough. Congratulations, Trent. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so hey, we have. A special treat for the listeners today. We have Peter Sufer on the podcast today. If you listened to last week's episode, Peter is the guy that that went out with a commanding lead, ran his ass off at nationals, hung on for fourth place, all American finish, um, and he became you know probably one of if not our favorite runners in the in the field during nationals. So um, we're gonna get into it. Our interview, with Peter Sufer from Virginia Tech. So we are here with two-time cross-country All-American from Virginia Tech, Peter Sufer. Peter, welcome to Peak Too Early. Hey, it's great to be here. Oh, man. So... If anybody listened to our last week's episode, we did kind of a recap of uh, of nationals. And if anybody listened to that episode, they know that during nationals, we became huge fans of yours because of your, I mean, you went all out. You took the lead very early on. It was a grind out performance. Dude, I mean, just had to, had to send it and see what happens. <laughs> it was, it, it really started to feel it, but. So I got, I, I got so much support from everybody after. So my first question for you is like, when did you decide to do that? When did you decide that the game plan today was to just go all out, make a statement and take the lead very early on and just try to grind it out? Um, so actually the going in the race, my race plan that my coach gave me, I think was, I was supposed to just sit with the leaders and, <laughs> if one or two guys just went for it I wasn't supposed to go for it or go with them I was supposed to just hang back and wait uh then when I think it was one of the Alabama guys and two of the Campbell guys both made a move to the front right after right around 1k and that was just like okay well this is like regionals all over again I race the Campbell guys every year so I was like okay we'll just We'll just go for it. And then yes. 
I, I was starting to watch the clock, which was super confusing as it was because they had two pace cars and then you also had the finish line that had a time and all three were showing different times. So I just got <laughs> super lost on that one. I was like, I don't think I'm going that fast right now. I think this is a pretty reasonable pace. I was like, I mean, why would I slow down and let everybody else just get back in a better position? Right? I just feel like Love just it. hold on and kind of just clip off like a tempo, which is what I pretty much did the previous <laughs> two races. So, Dude, it makes me so happy to know that your game plan was completely different. And then when you're in the heat of the race, you're just like, screw it. We're going for it. Yeah, I don't think my coach liked that that much because <laughs> – I did the exact same thing the first two <laughs> the earlier like ACCs and regionals. It's like just sit, just wait, and then nobody would go with me. I was like, why? I mean, it's just might as well. <laughs> so that's exactly what I was going to ask you, right? Is your coach like? It seemed like you guys had like a you know pretty well thought out plan. You probably went over it, made sure everything was like you know foolproof, and then you just completely went and did the opposite. But you also finished fourth, so how pissed can your coach like really be, right? Yeah, I mean, he he was sitting there waiting for me after all the interviews to give me a hug as soon as <laughs> I saw him, and he was so happy for me, and it's just great because he was uh he was one of the he's my assistant coach when I started and did was just there for so much of it through the recruiting process. It was one of his first years actually as a full time assistant, and then. Um, Coach Thomas left and he stepped into that role and we'll always sit there and just jostle back and forth about what to do and what not to do but at this point he's just like you know you're you're just gonna do your own thing so sometimes <laughs> we're just gonna let you go man I, I I mean I feel like you know I've never done it on the stage that you did it on but when I'm running like I there's nothing that makes me feel more uncomfortable than sitting in a pack i'm definitely a person that likes to get to the front i love to push the pace i definitely don't want oh, to yeah. save it for the end but like just something about sitting in a pack and like waiting for your time makes me so anxious and like i i i, I never feel more uncomfortable than when i'm in the pack so that's usually uh i i'm usually big big just sit in the pack and wait for my time i feel like i've done that so much in track but this year i just felt so much more in control and like you're saying the un that uncomfortable feeling of sitting in the pack I definitely felt that more so this year as like I I have a longer stride and I just like to be able to just sit there and have open ground just to open up and go you just kind of control how you feel and just go with it for sure so when you made that move right I think we we figured out it was around like two or two and a half k and then you you held it for I think till about eight and a half k. So for you know the majority of the race you were leading and, and yeah. you were leading by a significant you know a significant margin. Was there ever a point and when was it if there was that you were like, holy crap, I might win this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm I might be an, an NCAA champion right now. Um, the I guess the thought always it was definitely creeping in my head around yeah. five six k and just sitting there and was like i feel so good right now um and then i think it was going i think it was right at 7k i started going up that hill and just slipping and sliding and was just getting terrible traction <laughs> and i got to the top of the hill and my legs were just feeling it and i just had this feeling that the guys were catching up and i think we hit a turn and i looked back i saw they were closing the gap that's why i started getting very very nervous it's like I whatever I do right now, I cannot just throw in the towel as much as I wanted to. Yeah, I sort of wanted to, but it's like I just can't just throw it all away and get absolutely destroyed like most people do when they <laughs> when they lead the race that long. They you could go from first to twenty fifth yeah. <laughs> in a matter of a k. I just did not want that to happen. <laughs> right. So when we were watching live, you know, when you first made the move, me and Steve were watching together and we were kind of like, all right, we'll see if this kid hangs. And then you were you were staying there, you were staying there. We we're like, you slowly turned into our favorite runner in the field. We were rooting for you. 
but you know we still kind of had in the back with the dialogue like all right man like yeah. do, do you think this do you think he's gonna gonna hang up there and i remember saying to steve i was like steve what place do you think peter's gonna finish at here and he's like dude i don't know i just i just hope that when these guys come up on him he responds and like doesn't get embarrassed out there and lo and behold you did and you became a peak too early favorite as soon as because i mean you battled the whole way at till the end of the race and like you said it, you very easily could have you know once you get caught get sucked into the pack and end up finishing like 50th but now nah, you you hung on to the race so you definitely made it exciting and that is exactly the way that we want people to race like we talk about it all the time on the podcast but this sport distance running in general has become so sit and kick heavy yeah. that seeing that effort it's like come on everyone needs to race like that i want every high school out there to to watch that game film and you know learn something <laughs> was, from it you know what i mean it was so cool i got so many messages so many <laughs> dms from various kids high schoolers college and just send me a message like that was inspiring like thank you so much for like doing that it was just incredible to watch and all that was like, this is actually so cool and it's gave me a lot more confidence going into this these upcoming or i guess this upcoming season just like uh, maybe this is maybe this is going to become my thing who knows <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it worked for you i mean do you think it's going to change how you kind of race going into indoor and outdoor um yes i mean i think depending on the pace depending on the race, I think I'm running, I'll be running at Iowa state and don't think I need to do that there in the 5k. Cause they always have some great rabbits that take you through 3k plus. <laughs> and then, um, another big race is down in, uh, JDL down in Winston Salem, North Carolina. And that's usually, I mean, I think Chalimo usually runs that one. So I'm, definitely not going to be taking the lead on him <laughs> i don't you know man do i think power I think, should, power move it. <laughs> I think you should make this your thing i think you know you should take the lead from the rabbit and just kind of just try to lead the lead the field that way make this like your your calling card just pre- just pretend I mean, like you don't know who paul chalimo is and just you know <laughs> put like a five second gap on him he he did that to us um, <laughs> yeah i'm sure two, two years ago the rabbit just i think it was 800 in the rabbit just turns around and looks at the rest of us like um i I'm not going to go with them. So if any of you want to feel free, but we're chilling. <laughs> so uh, one thing that, you know, we were commenting on when you were, when you're racing, actually, even before you kind of broke away, you're a little bit more, you're a little bit taller than the field. You're kind of a little bit more built than the rest of the field. You're just kind of an all around bigger runner. Um, how did you choose running? I feel like people of your stature kind of gravitate <laughs> to other sports. What, what was it about running where you decided like, this is my sport? I think what Steve's so, trying to say is we, we could have very easily seen you as like a, you know, wearing number 54 for Virginia Tech on the football yeah, field right. as like a middle yeah, linebacker. Like a, you know linebacker I mean? or a <laughs> tight end or something. Know, right. forward. They, they tried to recruit me for football back in high school. I was like, oh, no. Really? But no, like the uh, like my high school and middle school coaches would always try to get me to go <laughs> out. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to. I tried, did football in second or third grade. And then I think the following year I broke my arm, so I was just chalked. Cool. So, like, do you ever – I mean, you know, you see some of these pictures online and, like, the <laughs> videos, and, you know, you might – you're next to some, like, five foot six, like, scrawny, you know, maybe 120-pound runner, and they're surrounding you, and you just – you know, I, I think that you probably – look bigger just because you're around all these scrawny little guys but do you think that's like an intimidation factor all your size out there it's like you know does it give you a little sense of extra confidence um i think it might track more so than cross country you think so (laughs) cross country so open probably more of a disadvantage but track kind of dictate where you place yourself in the race because most people i mean if i try to move in on the rail 95 percent of the time somebody's gonna move yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I posted an Instagram photo and I think the second picture was the, uh, of the podium and I was standing next to, uh, Connor Mance yeah. <laughs> and one of the Alabama guys and everybody thought I was on a podium and yeah. it was like <laughs> staggered. I was like, no, no, we're, we're on a flat ground right here. These guys are just, I'm just significantly bigger than them. 
I did a double take on that picture. I know exactly what picture you're ta- you're you're, uh, you're talking about. I was like kind of scrolling through your Instagram, and I was like, wait a second, is that from Nationals? And I was like, he's he's uh, he's on a podium above everybody else. And then I realized, no, you just taller than everybody. No. <laughs> yeah, six three one seventy, just not the typical distance runner mold. Love it. I was a I was a football player in high school, and I sit very similar story. I I switched over to running. Cause uh, I was trying to like change positions, lose a little bit of weight. And I just, I fell in love with the sport. And I, you know, I also liked the fact that I wasn't going to get pushed around by, by many people out there too. So um, football, different yeah. story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to think that you could probably out drink those guys as well too. Is that true? Oh, I, I'd like to think so. All right. Good. <laughs> I just wanted to check in and make sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a long week. Good. Yeah, we're coming off. You're coming off, uh, you know, an all-American fourth place at nationals, and we we're just at Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you, uh, oh. you had a nice, enjoyable weekend for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. Got to hang out <laughs> with the family and friends, and not have practice looming over my head every day. Oh, it's beautiful. Such thing. a nice break. I, I see the Miller Light in the video. <laughs> oh, that's right. right <laughs> that's right, man. We're trying to get a sponsorship. Yeah, we're I mean, working on it go for it i think if i was gonna get a sponsorship i might go with uh i don't know i could be natty light or something all right we'll, all we'll right. cut that we'll cut that we'll, we'll, we'll edit in you saying miller light appreciate it <laughs> so i i do on before we get too far the from the uh the topic of instagram pictures i wanted to bring up this one picture you have from the 10k i believe it was last may oh my gosh you said no, it was, it was two years ago Oh, it was two years ago. All right. Can you tell yeah, us a so, story about the 10K putting you in the hospital? It's happened twice now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, it's both both times outdoor track. So I'm very determined at this point. I'm never going to have to do an outdoor track 10K again, but we'll see if that actually comes true. But so that one happened in, it was NCAA East Regional in Tampa, Florida, my junior year so I'm sitting there and I think I was in I was between eighth and tenth I want to say um we're just sitting there clipping off times it's me and all these uh I mean all these guys that ended up going on to be all American but I just remember being in the race and then next thing I know I'm just like it's black Oh, I just man. completely, completely blacked out the last, I think, 800 meters. Might have. I, I looked at the splits later, and I closed my last lap in a 159. And I was, I was like, sure this, sure they didn't miss a split. Um, <laughs> but I, I came back too, and these trainers are putting, they're throwing me in an ice bath to get my core body temperature down because I was, it was heat exhaustion, and then they had to rush and take me to the hospital and that was uh that was a traumatizing event and then when it happened it happened again at ACC's last year oh my god very very similar situation came back to they're throwing me in the ice bath and I was like oh my god not again this can't so, be happening again so 63170 awesome mm-hmm. awesome for cross country on a hot track <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, I don't no. know. You might, might, need to, might need to drop down to the 5K. That's what I'm trying to do. Usually just do the 10K for points, but after that, I'm, Coach, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> 10K is the worst. Yeah, and it's just not fun. It's 25 laps. Nobody wants to run 25 laps. No. It's just so boring. Nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> so our, uh, our third host, our co-host, uh, Trent, is not here today, but... I'm going to ask a question that I'm sure that if he was here, he would definitely ask. He's big into the, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, run good type mentality. And okay. you are a big half tights guy. Yeah. So half tight you. Has, has that always been, you know, your thing? Is, is that a, uh, you know, something you developed in college? At one point, did you... You know, because I feel like most runners start at least at some point with the, you know, short shorts, the split shorts or something like that to be a distance runner and, and move to the half tights. I feel like that's a, a college, a college transition. So when, when did you become a half tights guy and, and why did you make that move? Um, so actually, I 
in high school cross country, we always wore short shorts. So I would always, that was always a short shorts move, but then track our uniform was half tights. So I've just oh. been so used to the half tights. And then when I got here, I mean, almost everybody on our team races in half tights. So I just got so used to it and it's like, okay, well, it, I'm just familiar. So I'll just keep it up. But I had to, I wore the black half tights for NCAAs because I'm not, not, I don't try to be too, uh, too wary of things like this, but I feel like that our black uniform top is just cursed. I think I've always done so <laughs> bad. In it. Oh no, that's, that's, that's 100% of things. If you think something's cursed, then it's cursed. You gotta if you get don't believe in If you don't believe in superstitions, then you don't belong anywhere near the world of sports. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got everything down to, at this point, like, the race routine how i have to go through everything it's like i'm not changing it. it's working right now i'm not changing it <laughs> so you're a senior and yeah. i'm sure you're thinking a little bit about what you're going to be doing after college um any thoughts of uh of going pro uh, do you I think mean, that this is something that you can you can make happen after saturday's race i was it was definitely looming a little bit more and you start getting all these hey, former teammates and stuff talking to me about people they've talked to like different agents and whatnot and they ask questions and I really really started thinking about it more and more but I'm in the in the mode right now where I'm just trying to try and take it one season at a time get through indoor and now I'm finishing up my eligibility indoor take a quick break and then try to get that uh olympic trials qualifier mm-hmm. and just kind of see where those see where it goes from there yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think i think a, a race like that you know i mean you said a lot of people reaching out to you you have former teammates teammates you know bringing something like going pro up for probably the first time in your life but you have a race like that where you you make a big move and you you hold on and you make you start to make a little bit of a name for yourself that starts to become like a real thing you know yeah I mean, I've got uh, everybody, all my teammates make fun of me because they say my social media game is too weak. I need to get, <laughs> I need to work on it more. I was like, ah, I mean, I've just never really thought about it. But yeah. at this point, it's like, okay, wow, this is racing against some of the best guys. It's, it's almost like U23 World Championships. You got guys from all over. Just these stellar athletes. If you can hang with the best, try. Yeah, I mean, see we how, had see um, how far I can take you. We had uh, Sam Parsons on a, a few episodes back, and you know, his thing was he never considered going pro. He said he didn't think that was an option for him, and it wasn't until like he put himself out there in in a cross country race his senior year where it's like this could be a real thing. You know, I can compete with with anybody in the world. Yeah, I actually. So I've I've raced him several times because he went to nc state yeah um, and he's also he's a, a tin man with drew hunter and mm-hmm. patrick joseph patrick joseph is one of my teammates and i've just known drew because he's a virginia high school boy That's right. and he's like best friends with two of my teammates so uh I've gotten i actually saw i think it was before nuticombe they posted a video of uh parsons he made that it was his senior year he made that big move for the lead and justin knight just came flying past him but he comment he made a comment in uh in that comment section about like yeah most people see this kid getting out kicked by a future national champion but what you don't see is like this kid putting himself out there and just sending it and seeing what can happen and I that actually resonated with me a lot I can imagine (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I think you you put yourself in a very similar position where you made a name for yourself and I mean obviously you know it caught our attention and I think caught a lot of uh a lot of the running world's attention but so you know we're talking about this discussion about you know potentially going pro and you know 
that is now in in your mindset. So I'll, I'll give you an offer that we gave we've given to a lot of people on this podcast. <laughs> I know we were in pretty deep negotiations with uh, Jess Harris from Notre Dame and uh, Morgan McDonald's from Wisconsin. You know, we we had these negotiations and eventually we we narrowly lost out. But we are offering we'll, we'll offer you a 30 rack of Miller Lite if uh, if you want to run for uh, you know SAB running or you know we're a peak too early podcast. Uh, singlet for, for the next <laughs> few years so you know just keep that in the back of your yeah. mind when the when the negotiations start happening we're uh yeah we're... definitely not gonna say no right out the gate yeah but, uh, definitely gonna consider it but I'm, I'm gonna wait until this eligibility runs out we'll All definitely right. have to get back to you on that i mean if if it makes a difference i'm willing to say you know two 24 packs whoa whoa maybe, maybe. Like, Maybe it's 30 and a 6. I don't know if we can go up to 224, Mike. Right. Well, <laughs> well, we'll get with our you know, HR department, and we'll, we'll see what we can work out for you. What, what were you offering Morgan McDonald? Oh, we offered him the same. 30 rack. 30 rack. Ooh, like, okay. okay. He lost out narrowly to Under Armour. Yeah, we, he, uh, it came down to the final day, and he just you know, he went with Under <laughs> instead. Yeah, those big, those big companies trying to bully the little guys. Yeah, yeah it, it is what it is, man. You know, we're, it's, it's, a, it's part of the game. Uh, Peter, this has been a, a ton of fun talking with you. Uh, we don't want to take up your whole night, but we end every interview with a game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, Peter, we got down the home stretch for you. So, we're going to rapid fire questions. We pick a specific topic and we just focus on those questions for this segment. And you're uh, you're a finance yes, major, right? Is that correct? Oh, don't don't hit me with these questions. Okay, yeah, I don't so know we're if I'm gonna ready for that. <laughs> finance, finance is in your. In case uh, the professional running thing doesn't work out, right? <laughs> yeah. So oh. finance is your topic. Steve is gonna start us off. The timer starts with Steve's question. Let's do it. Uh, got any hot stock tips for me? Dude. Um, right now, not really. Big Lulu, okay. <laughs> big Lululemon fan now. Oh, good. Cool. All right. All right, so oh, the half tights, that, that works out perfect. Uh, yeah, maybe I can get a sponsorship from them too. <laughs> yeah. P- Peter, why why do we still use pennies? Can you explain that to me? You know, I asked one of my professors that freshman year, and I don't even think he could give me a straight answer. <laughs> um, how much of my portfolio is it accept- is acceptable to have wrapped up in the Patriots winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, I mean, you got to start out with. I really don't like the Patriots. So <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. But next. <laughs> I have like seventy-five percent. So, anyways. Like, I mean, you might as you might as well go hundred. It's all or <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, who is this Dow Jones guy I keep hearing about? Uh, I don't know. I think he. I don't know. Maybe he sells <laughs> something on the street. Yeah, I think. <laughs> who was your least favorite professor? Ooh. 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 They're definitely probably, listening right now, so. Probably my chemistry teacher. He just put me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, but. Right. Uh, have you seen the movie The Big Short? I have. What the hell is that movie about? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I was just too focused on Margaret Robbie. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Her little, in, her little insert scenes, you just get captured by those <laughs> i was gonna ask in five seconds or less can you explain the mortgage crisis to me <laughs> oh i probably should be able to but i'm gonna take a rain check on that one gotcha yeah maybe mike, you hit him. Start, maybe you should start thinking about this professional running career <laughs> yeah, right. mike hit him with the last question all right if i just pay off all of my credit cards with other credit cards and loans how long do you think I can make it with, you know, being rich? I well, think forever, right? I mean, I think forever, too. I think I could take long, it to the if you, just, if you just stay moving, they can't catch you. <laughs> it's like that movie. Unless Tom Hanks is after you, then he might catch you. Ah, there we go. Another... Catch, me, catch me if you can. That's yeah, right. <laughs> great movie. Great movie. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to watching you in indoor and outdoor. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, check it to the villa, tell him get off me. Two up, two up, down. We gon' show you how the birds get down. Two up, two up, two down. We gon' show you how the birds get down. Alright, so that interview with Peter Super is brought to you by the Irish Clover 5 Miler that's happening in Drake, Massachusetts this coming March. 
And the Peak Too Early boys are sponsoring a $250 prize on the men and women's side. So come out, win you some money. Uh, Trent, that was an awesome interview with Peter Sufer. Uh, he is the you know the kind of runner that we we try to promote on this podcast, right? You don't need to be your ideal you know body type or be a certain mold. You just got to be a tough grinder, go out there and do your thing. So it was fun talking to him. Uh, that that was our second take at that for everyone <laughs> here. And the first time around, I had a funny joke to make fun of Mike uh, and a misstep that he had, and he didn't he didn't introduce it this time. So the world will never know. But I want you guys to know it was that, it, was, that it was wasn't that funny, good. Trent. It, it was wasn't that good. funny. No, it wasn't. Um, all right. So we got a little bit of news in running. We're gonna try and blast this quickly. Um, just to touch upon it, the first one that I want to talk about is. The, what used to be the IAAF, I still, on the first time around, I couldn't get it right either. But what does I think that actually stand for? I don't know, but it doesn't matter anymore, Trent, because it is no longer called that. It's called World Athletics. That's it. That's what it's called. That's, seem- that, that's like pretty in line with the world stage, right? Because don't, don't like Europe call track and field like yeah, athletics, it's called athletics or something? Yeah, I, I think that was one of the A's in the acronym in the first place. It just... Sounds a little bit better. So anyways, the World Athletics, they had like their athlete of the year, basically like track and field running MVPs announced. Um, And on the women's side, it was the uh, 400 meter hurdler from the USA, Diliad Muhammad. And I think I mispronounced that, but hey, um, I don't have a ton of takes on that because I don't know all the logistics that go into it. Uh, I I just... I'm sorry. I just got to give a big congratulations to her. I mean, she she yeah. deserved it. She had Absolutely. a killer year. Uh, she mm-hmm. she is somebody that we followed closely <laughs> as a podcast. Uh, we've been supporting we, her from from day one, and I'm I mean, really she proud had of her. Votes for sure, yeah, we've been saying that the whole way. I think our ballots got lost in the mail as a media, one of the prime media um, outlets for the sport of track and field or athletics, as they'll call it. Um, so I'm yeah. not sure why we didn't get our voting, but I know we would have voted for her. Yeah. So. Uh, and then on the men's side, our guy, Iliud Kipchoge, took home basically the MVP. So it's weird because, like, they mix, like, track runners and marathon runners. It's hard to, like, compare them because Kipchoge only ran two races this year, and one of them was the, uh, you know, 159 challenge. So that wasn't even a real race. So he only really raced once, but he did break two. He broke the world record. Uh, a lot of people are talking about, you know, the shoes and the fact that he only ran twice and that he didn't actually deserve it. Whatever, man. He's he's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. Maybe it's a little bit of a Lifetime Achievement Award, but I'm fine with it. I don't know, man. I, I totally agree that he is the, the greatest, the GOAT, the Lifetime Achievement, but I feel like that that contrived marathon should not contribute to him winning awards by... What is it? The WA now? The World Athletics? Yeah, World Athletics. I feel like there's a missing letter at the end. The corporation, <laughs> the association, the, the league, the whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I feel like there's no way you could argue that that didn't go into it. And I would say that that shouldn't contribute to it because it's not, you know, a, a sanctioned event. This is not like the the best runner, like most badass guy. This is a, you know, a, I don't know what they're calling it, the most valuable player award for from the WC, from like an official organization. It feels a little, I don't know, I'm out on it. I'm out on it. Count so, me out. So Trent, who, who do you think should have won instead? Mike, this is not, it's not about that. My take is about Kipchoge and how he should not have won. That's fair. Uh, That's what about fair. Chariot? That guy dominates. That guy That's is just fair. like wins every event or... Um, Actually, you know, that's you know, Trent. I put you on the spot there because I was trying to make you look like a fool. That's not that wasn't a bad uh, yeah. That wasn't that throw out there. That guy it's, wins everything. That guy never Good loses. Good for we, us. That guy never loses. We never lose. We, we I mean, we got to back him. He's the guy that we, we put some big money on him uh, earlier in the right. year when we could. So, <clears throat> what do you you think? So you think it's okay to give this out to him? Um, I would agree with you that it's a little iffy to factor that in. Um. But, I mean, he still broke, even put that aside, he still broke the marathon world record this year. So, I mean, that's pretty huge. Um, No, 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 yeah, he did. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, his actual race. But, I mean, then you can make the argument, a woman broke the women's marathon record this year and that she didn't win. So, I don't know. I mean, I love Kipchoge. I'm a big fan. I have obviously been a little 
skeptical and not fired up about the 159 thing in the past. So I don't have a good argument against him, but I'm also not like, I guess I could go either way. I'm wishy-washy on this one. Okay. Well, I, I actually take a real stance here and, and uh, <laughs> feel strongly. So I guess All right, well, to just to go against you, I'll say, yeah, I'm big time Kipchoge. <laughs> he absolutely deserved it. I mean, he's the greatest. He's the greatest to ever do it. And I think he, even, even though, even if it was a lifetime achievement award, he was still proving this year that he was on the top of his game, still at peak performance, still doing his damn thing. So I think I'm okay with it. Uh, all right, let's get away from that side of the running news. I have one more piece of running news that I wanted to bring up because I especially want to talk to you about this, Trent. Nice. Um, being a fifth-year senior yourself, you know, back in the day you were a fifth year, I want to talk about this storyline. The second runner for BYU who just won the national championship, the number two runner, I think he finished like 18th in the nation, he wasn't a fifth year. He wasn't a sixth year. He wasn't even a seventh year. The man was an eighth year senior at BYU. I mean, unbelievable. It's laugh out loud funny just hearing that. An eighth year senior. I mean, Trent, you, you have talked very publicly about how being a fifth year senior is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Live in the dream, never letting it go. Why didn't you go a full eight years, man? I I am so disappointed in myself. Uh, this this guy knows what he's doing. I like know. this guy, the smartest is just, guy in America. He's gonna come back next year too. Like nothing is stopping him. <laughs> uh, what a savage! Just refuses to be denied from going to college. Um, I guess I totally misunderstand the NCAA. I thought it was you know you get that five and or four and five, and then you make special waivers for a sixth. Mm-hmm. And then I think I heard like a one-time thing about a seventh. But like, that shit's not okay to do an eighth. That's crazy. All right, so this is the BYU special here. Yeah, yeah. So he gets really there, good. and he does two years of mission, right? So yeah. he gets that two years right there. Then he comes back the next year and takes a red shirt. So like, just like your classic freshman red shirt. He comes back the next year, gets a legitimate injury, so gets a waiver to get a second injury redshirt, I guess. So that's four years right there, and then he's got the final four years on the back half. What I want to know is, I know what you were studying as a fifth year. Like, you were taking some joke, like, one class just to, like, make it official. What kind of class are you taking as an eighth-year senior in college? Oh my God, this is this is making me just want to quit the podcast <laughs> and go back to school. No, when I when I was doing it, I mean, it was a joke because I had one class and that was it. But it was a real class, so the way you know, if you go to a college like Stonehill that didn't have graduate programs, you have to be working towards your degree. So I actually dropped out of my capstone my senior year, like halfway through the semester because there was some like paperwork jam i had to like withdraw actually it wasn't even a dropout it was a withdraw which all the academic advisors like don't do it don't do it and i was like nah i gotta do it It was like march i remember going to my professor and be like you're not gonna believe this but i'm just not gonna finish the class because you're already halfway done with your capstone um when you get to the the realm of the eighth year that's when it gets fun that's when you get like the matt liner like ball dancing stories uh trying to think like at Stone, if there was any kind of just like gym classes i could take uh any kind of <clears throat> shout like out that. boomer wilcox uh you can take a singing class oh i mean i don't need one but i certainly <laughs> would sign up for something like that uh just spend all your time becoming like a professional singer that sounds pretty good yeah so i mean it just I mean, the reason it was a storyline is because people are kind of, like, bitching about it and being like, oh, this is unfair, yada, yada. And it's like, give me a break. Come on. It's funny. It's hilarious. And the idea of having an eighth-year senior is, is you know, an enjoyable thought to me and just kind of processing what you're doing as an eighth-year senior. But yeah. it's kind of any advantage in, like, trying to, like, downgrade BYU because, I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. No, I mean, I, I don't – I can't – I don't think you can say there's no advantage, right? Like if you uh, just, you know, they say a, a mid a distance runner peaks, you know, late, what is it, like mid-30s or early-30s or something like that. So I think just giving the extra time to do the training in. But 
let's not single out BYU for this year. I know they have the special like program where, where guys come in and they're there for a long time, but you get people from all over the world at all different ages that are running, you know, in college, right? Um, it's not like everybody that that shows up to college is an 18 year old freshman um, when they walk into the door. People are doing prep years and all that sort of thing. So um, let's. Uh, I think there's an advantage to it, but you know, it's it's strategy. You know, they gotta. You know, your school should start sending people on missions and and whatever. Um, I can't I can't like hate BYU for it, but it, it's yeah, a it's a little secret advantage they do have. I mean, l- let me put it this way, Trent. The reason that I didn't go to college until I was 26 years old wasn't because you know the NCAA had some like rules against it and wouldn't let me do it. It's because I couldn't. I, I wasn't smart enough to pull off the eight-year college train. I mean, it, if I had known and if I had thought it over again, I would still be in college right now. Um, but, I mean, like, what's stopping somebody from just starting college late and, you know, being a 26-year-old? Like, is is that some kind of disadvantage or cheating or whatever? Like, are we going to give somebody a hard time if they take three or four years off, go to work, then come back and want to, you know, run and go to college? I, I think the argument that it's, some kind of it's disadvantage. There's so many other things in NCAA cross country that you can point to that are advantages and this and that and the other thing that I think this is not. It, it's a non-story except for the yeah. fact that it's funny. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I think the biggest story is that we all screwed up by only going to school for four years. We'll yeah. be better next time. Next time around, Mike, I'll, I'll figure this whole college thing out. That's right. Next in our next life. Um, all right, so this is the part of the show that we were supposed to do listener questions, and uh, I'm not going to get into it because this is, you know, this story happens for me every three or four months with uh, phone uh, technical difficulties. Long story short, we're going to do the questions next week. So instead, I wanted to talk about a, a, a different subject here, Trent, and this is something that our uh, friend group has dabbled in a little bit here this um i remember we were in college we haven't really stayed super true to it but we started this challenge to see um how long we could go with breaking the five minute mile barrier were you a part of this trent yeah i mean i was a part of it in like saying i was a part of it yeah did i did i ever actually do it uh I feel like I, I kind of did it because there yeah. was like times where I was still fast and running road races. And I think I like, you know, got it or whatever. But uh, that's one of my biggest regrets is not taking that seriously. I, yeah. I really wish I could slap around like fifth year Trent and be like, get just like get on the grind. You're going to like care about or it's going to be cool if you have this in five years. Yeah. So the idea of it is great. Right. So here's the, the concept of it is like everyone puts in twenty dollars to, you know, this whatever pool every single year and you know every year you have to break five minutes in the mile and it doesn't matter when you do it you just have to do it in the calendar year and as long as you do it once then you stay alive and it keeps going and growing and growing and growing and the pot keeps growing until you know hopefully 10 15 20 30 years from now it is only one person remaining who can still break five and then they get the pot of money that is sitting there and Again, in theory, that's a great idea. The problem is, you know, keeping a group, you know, we have a hard enough time getting people to pay up for like, you know, one year of fantasy football, let alone 30 years of this challenge. Um, But it it is a great idea. And, you know, if you're still in college and you're still, I I would say, give it a try, see if you can get your group to do it. But I guess where I want to go with this, Trent, is and this is going to change over time, right? Like through through ages, it changes. But what is the minimum amount of training? Let's start at like your college ages and then go upwards. What is the minimum amount of training you need to do to get to that five-minute barrier every mm-hmm. year? So let's start, like I said, you know, as a 21-year-old kid, how much how much training do you have to do to get that barrier? All right. So thinking like I graduated school, winter graduate, I could have taken weeks off and just yeah. got on the track and do that, I think, right? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. As long as – as I uh, had run, you know, trained in the previous like couple of months, I feel like I could have rolled out of bed and done it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think those first two or three years, you can pretty much just, I mean, and there might be some days that you go out there and you fall short, 
But if you do it a few times a year and just like not really put much training into it, you're gonna get it done. Can I can I just can I just get quick, real quick? I am sorry to all the listeners out here that aren't like college <laughs> oh, athletes because I am realizing how much of a hardo we sound yeah, like. So yeah. you guys just skip forward this. I, I sound like a jerk. Sound like a uh, a big a hole. So yeah, just just skip this part. Um, well, I mean, once we get the conversation. Well, yeah, if, uh, moving forward a few years, it becomes a little bit more, you know. Yeah. It, it all it all evens out eventually. All right, so let's like bump up to like our current stage, right? Like you know, 26, 27 year old. You know, you, you maybe hobby jogging, maybe training a little bit here and there for certain races. How much effort do you have to put into breaking five then? So, um pretty confident i could break five tomorrow i think i could get on okay. track tomorrow now i've been running though like i'm not training definitely wouldn't call what i'm doing training and i'm not like on any kind of schedule but i'm i'm exercising daily is basically what it's at like i'm getting some good runs in or i'm getting a good bike in or i'm you know doing some core or whatever it is so i feel like you just it's a more of a fitness level at this point as long as i'm like keeping my body healthy and fit i think i could do it yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sorry I, I couldn't do it tomorrow. Um, but I think it, it give me, like, one month, and yeah. and I'll be we, fine. We saw it in the Fifth Avenue Mile. We were all either yeah. under or right there. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move it up. Let's move it up. Now we're, like, mid-30s. You're starting to get to that age where it's like, you know, I wish Steve was on the podcast. You know, Steve... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's steve's world can we can we call steve in right now is he uh, at work he's at work i think <laughs> so this is when it starts to get you know you have two options here one you're seriously running right you're you're on a like a schedule of this many miles per week and you're like maintaining it you know six yep. days a week at minimum or you're you're gonna need at least like a three month build up i would think like yeah i think you need fast workouts in there you're right you either need to be training for something and be in like very good shape for your age or you need to train specifically for this you're not going to roll out of bed on a saturday afternoon and you know go run a, a five minute mile it's just not going to happen no no definitely not i think uh i think you yeah fitness or or a couple good workouts like a a workout a week for, you know, six weeks or something could get you there. Yeah. All right. And then so the final stage of it is when is it like it's over? Like, forget about it. Don't even put in the time and the effort because it doesn't matter how hard you work at it. You just it's not going to happen. Like, this is a depressing podcast conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to go there. It's like, when, when, when do you when, lose when all is, When is it done, Trent? When, when is that five-minute mile challenge? It's like... Well, hopefully I've won by now because it's done. I'm hanging if, it up. If anyone's breaking five minutes, I would think like to their mid forties. That's that's pretty insane. I, I think late thirties, you, you know, I expect that people are doing it. Early forties, you know, you're working your ass off. Like that's a big thing you're training for every year. When you get to that late forties, like I'm saying, anyone that's doing it at like forty, forty eight. That's where I, I think it's incredible. See, to me, it's like early 40s, it, like obviously can be done. But I think the like the amount of work that goes into it, you have to be pretty pretty serious and pretty into it for it to be worth it. That I just don't know I will ever be at a point in my life where I'll be able to take it that seriously and put that much effort into it. Oh, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about just, just like in anybody. general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, although dude, that man, it's. It, I feel like part of the reason I don't wanna, you know, embark this challenge is how like quickly I would realize that I couldn't do it, and then yeah, that's, that's just like way harder. Sad, it's way harder you know? than we're making it out to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I could do it tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Oh, scary thoughts, Michael. Didn't it me? is. All right, Trentel, you got a, a uh, work dinner to be at in like, I don't know, one minute or something like that. So you might need to go break this five-minute mile running down the uh, streets or wherever you are. Um, so what do you got for us on the Bell app? Well, I guess I have two thoughts now. Because my first one was I was thinking about maybe getting a Lime scooter and, and doing that in Portland, Oregon right now. So that could be fun as a way of making oh, us could, some time. We could get another topic in if you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 
we can talk about my uh, my crashing into a, a car with my lime scooter as I'm cruising through red lights. But no, what I really want to talk about here was uh, a couple weeks ago. It was a, a late Saturday night. I think I had a, a few drinks in me at this point, or more than a few. And I was watching a little NBA on my league pass, and I got so pissed off at the NBA for their video replay. It was just killing the end of the game. Totally took momentum out there. Yeah, coaches challenge now, all this BS. Anyone that's a basketball fan realizes that video replay is killing basketball. I don't care if you get the call wrong once in a while. Just don't, like, ruin the end of the game. So what I did was I sat down. I went on to the NBA.com, and I found, like, the Contact Us page, and I wrote a message to the NBA. <laughs> and I, like, I wrote a strongly worded letter basically saying, like, you're ruining basketball. This is killing it. And uh, never, never expected anything out of it. But today, just, like, a couple hours ago, I got a reply <laughs> from Bill with fan relations in the NBA. What's up, Bill? Bill took the time. To copy and paste some BS that wasn't even really like addressing my question and sent it to me. And it also said, like, um, you know, thanks for being a fan. I hope you can you continue to or I hope you enjoy the rest of the NBA finals. For those of you out there, the NBA finals is yeah, we gotta wait to go. This is, <laughs> we gotta wait to go. So he copied and pasted a little <laughs> sassy answer. That, hey, I think you made a mistake. You know, you must have copied and pasted the wrong answer. But the point is, Michaelton, that the NBA took the time via Bill from Fan Relations, to respond um, to my, my feedback. So perhaps we should be taking some of our ideas directly to the WC. Wait, WA? World Athletics? The w, yeah, the WA. Yep. WA, the NCAA, all these places where we, as a podcast, could you know significantly improve their product. It's time that we actually reach out because there are there are bills in Fan Relations that will respond. Uh, I don't know. Try. It's more fun to just kind of like bitch about it to nobody and – you know, not expect anything to actually change. And that's usually the way that I handle my problems. But what I, what I got for on the Bell app is our design for our T-shirt is making its way out there. I know the winner of our contest, we're, we're getting that T-shirt ready to go for you. But T-shirts are on their way. And when they are, we're going to drop them on our social media. And uh, you'll have the ability to, to, to purchase them. And they're awesome. And what I want to say on top of that is I want to offer to our fans over the next two weeks, so this show and the next show, I want to put out a uh, challenge to our listeners. The best review on iTunes that we get over the next two weeks, you will be receiving a free T-shirt right off the bat like that. So now we're offering two free T-shirts, one to the winner of our contest and two to the winner of this best review on iTunes. So get on iTunes, give us an awesome review, make it funny, make it cool, obviously give us five stars. So that's all I got. Trent, send us off. Thanks for listening, everybody. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with a Josie. Josie's on the vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I wanna say You know I like my girls a little bit older I just wanna use your love tonight I don't wanna lose your love tonight I ain't got many friends left to talk to around when I'm in trouble You know I would do anything for you Stay the night but keep it undercover I just want to use your love tonight I don't want to lose your love tonight from shaking nothing in my mind is making sense it's been a while since all right that was a great interview with peter super from virginia tech 
dude is awesome and i mean really just embodies the uh the kind of runner that we support on this podcast not that we don't support all runners but that is really like you know our model type runner here on whoa 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 we do not <laughs> support all runners michael slow your roll there is some runners that we certainly cannot get behind as a podcast that's not something we need to discuss right now but well, just to keep that well that's true And I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love the spilling. Waiting there for you to take and drink of. If you're tired of the same old story, oh, turn some pages. Desert burning Until you put up me like a sweet 